0: all right uh philippians chapter 1 verse 25 the lord laid this on my heart philippians chapter 1 verse 25 in this passage the apostle paul uh preaches about the philippians to stay faithful in their work and their service for the lord especially during his absence one thing that bothers a pastor's mind a lot and especially in the apostle paul since he's done many travels is how is his church doing without him? The book of Philippians is a good book showing the zeal, the heart, the faithfulness of these people, whether their pastor is present or not. The Bible says in verse 25, And having this confidence, I know that shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. When your pastor is absent, how stellar is your church attendance? How is your spirit like? Truthfully, answer honestly, when you come and meet in this church. Is it not the same? Pastor's not here, so I don't have to be here. Uh, the brother or the sister who's running the thing or taking care of thing, they're not running as effectively, I notice, without the pastor. The teaching and preaching is not as good as I thought or something that I can take in because the pastor is not there. That person that's preaching or teaching is too young. That person who's preaching and teaching is too amateur. Uh, that preacher and teacher uh, is inexperienced. They're not like Pastor Kim when he comes... That kind of mentality must be broken. Because it's creating a dependability on one man to make sure that things go well. And then you have your faith in the wrong place. Your faith should be on Jesus Christ, not on Gene Kim. So because Jesus Christ is present here and deserves a worship and wants to move within your hearts and stir something, give you something great, pastor or not, he's going to give it to you. And what I want to talk about is can you stir up that spirit? Is there a drive? Is there a joy, a motivation, an eagerness to worship God, to serve together without the pastor? The title of my message is Pastor Isn't Here. Let's pray. Now, Father, I need you. Fill within me the power of your Holy Spirit. You've taken our church to great new heights. The number one reason why I never left this church was because of my fear of the people's dependability on me and their need of me. Lord, thank you for uh, breaking that fear a couple years ago where our church can be a blessing to so many churches around the world now where they can allow their pastor to be absent and minister to those people. Lord, there's no doubt after every trip I've taken, you've confirmed it more. But Lord, I always have it in my mind that the trip will slow down. It will stop if I see this church suffering with the pastor's absence. So I'm preaching this message, Lord, where they can get their focus in the right place. Where the pastor can keep ministering to other people, Lord. Where they don't have to depend on him. Where they can grow spiritually themselves. And all they need is Jesus Christ. Will you fill me? Will you speak to these people? They mean so much to me, Heavenly Father. I don't know how to preach to them. Please preach for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My first point is cheerfulness in the pastor's absence. Cheerfulness in the pastor's absence. If you look at verse 25, notice that Paul says, And having this confidence, I know that shall abide and continue with you all for your, Notice right here, he said, furtherance. Note that word. And joy of faith. So he's talking about right here that they have the joy, but... When he comes for them, when he visits them, their joy would be furthered. Now, how do we know that this furtherance is referring to joy? Because when you look at that verse, it says, for your furtherance and joy of faith, right? So it doesn't seem to sound like Paul is saying the joy is being furthered. But context is key. When you read verse 26, notice that there's no doubt Paul is talking about their joy being furthered, their joy being increased when he's present with them. Verse 26, that your rejoicing may be more abundant. See that? In Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Why is that important to know? Why is it important to know that Paul says your joy is furthered when I'm present with you? What that means is this. If he said joy furthered, that means joy increased. If he says joy increased, increase means more joy. Then that means when he's absent, they do have joy. That means when he's absent, their joy is present. That means when he's absent, they don't get a furtherance of joy. But why that word furtherance is mentioned is they already have joy in them. So when he comes for them, then their joy that they already have is furthered. What does that mean, my friend? I mean, that should be a Bible-believing church. A Bible-believing church, yes, the pastor comes and the joy is furthered. But not in the way that you think that, hey, pastor's here, I'm happy. No, it's more so than that. It should be that you already have the joy when pastor's not here. And then when the pastor comes, it just gets even better. But nowadays, we got churches where people, when they come to church and worship the Lord, when pastor's there every single Sunday, it's just an okay meeting. Mm -hmm. The spirit seems just dead. And that there's no liveliness. It's just okay. As long as he's here. And then when he's not there, then what happens? Church is boring. Wow, the offering was done wrong because the pastor's not there. The preaching was done wrong because pastor's not there. Hey, you made a mistake right there. Wait till pastor gets back. And, I, and then the complaining, the whining attitude comes out. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, fellowship is not really real without the pastor here. Pastor's got to be here to take care of things. Where's the pastor? This church service is horrible. Hey, when the pastor was there, you had no rejoicing attitude to begin with. Right. You still complained when pastor was here. And then when pastor's not here, the complaint increases. You know what it is in churches nowadays? Instead of joy and further joy, it's complaint and further complaint. That's the problem with churches nowadays. I mean, imagine that. Imagine being in church with your brother and sister in Christ where every day, whether it's just five people, whether it be a hundred people, whether it be a thousand people, that without the pastor present, you can just enjoy a good time with your brother and sister in Christ and just the happiness, the stirred up spirit, just being in God, uh, just being in, with God together and serving Him, everything like that, just the joy of it, and then that joy is there. And that joy is there. And then when pastor comes, woo-hoo, I can't wait for the next Sunday. Man, he's probably going to preach a better sermon, a better teaching. That doesn't mean that the previous teacher or preacher who filled in was bad. It was good. It ministered to you. But man, when pastor comes back, it's just going to be better. It's going to be awesome. I mean, that should be the spirit. What's the spirit in this church? What has been the spirit of this church last Sunday? What has been the spirit of this church last month when the pastor was not here? What has been the spirit? Oh, we're just doing our routine. Oh, we messed up right here. I wish pastor was here. People leave early as soon as church is over. And people come in late during church service because pastor's not here. People don't even come at all because pastor is not there. And then church becomes a work something you struggle with when pastor is not there rather than joy rather than a thrill rather than man i just want to be happy here church should be a happy happy atmosphere full of the joy of the lord away from your workplace away from the crud of this world away from the noisy traffic away from sin just just away from that and being in church together and then just man Whoa! Glory to God! Yeah. And then when pastor comes, whoa! Then you run the bases! Yeah. Yeah. That's how church should be. Yeah. You remember those times when that brother, when you saw that brother in Christ teaching and preaching, you're like, man, that was a blessing. And then you're waiting, like, man, I can't wait for pastor to come back now. Yeah. Uh, when he comes back, it's going to be good. You remember that time when Pastor Gene Kim was sick? and couldn't minister to you for a couple Sundays and Wednesdays, but man, the spirit was still strong in here and you enjoyed each other's presence, you encouraged one another, you couldn't wait for that brother to shine and to preach and teach, to minister to you, to see how God is using him in his own personality and way. And then you had a good time and you're like, man, this is, a, man, this is fun, this is fun. Man, when pastor comes back and then he'll take a rod and then break it in half when he preaches. You remember that feeling? Yeah. Yes. You remember that spirit? Yeah. Don't you want that? Yes. Alright, then where's that happy atmosphere? Where's that spirit? Okay. That's not something in the blast in the past. We can have it every single Sunday, yeah. every single time we meet in church. Let's maintain that spirit. Amen. I want joy in church. Yes. Not just okay. Yeah. When pastor is here, even. Not okay when you get so used to his preaching and teaching. Okay. And then you have such a high expectation. And then when the other brother brother comes and ministers, all of a sudden you're like, shh. And then where you used to enjoy the preaching, where you used to enjoy the teaching, has become boredom, has become horrible to you. What happened? What happened? There should be that joy. There should be that zeal. There should be that thrill. I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling. Don't you remember that feeling? Don't you remember that spirit? Where are you when the pastor is absent? Where are you? My second point is Christ in the pastor's absence. Christ in the pastor's absence. Look at verse 26. The Bible says that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. When the pastor is not present, The problem is, is that when you see brother so-and-so ministering to you or sister so-and-so trying to help things out in the church for fellowship. The problem is that you simply see them as that church member to minister to you. And because you see that as it's just member so-and-so. So it's not very special in your mind. And because it's not special in your mind, that's why there's no motivation in there to come to church if brother and sister so-and-so is going to be there when the pastor's absent. But then for some strange reason, when pastor is there, that's when you go to church. Isn't that weird? I just wondered about that. Why is it when pastor's there that people show up? It seems as if this... I could be wrong, but I notice this more and more. It's probably because of that authoritative presence that a pastor has. When you see member as simply members, right? That authority is lost. And then when you look at the pastor, he's, he's there. He's a leader. So then because of that, you come. There's a dependency on this leadership. You see that? That authority. So it's like in the back of our unconscious minds, when pastor's there, I'm there. It's like you can even force yourself to come to church because pastor's there. You can force yourself to volunteer and help things out because pastor's there. When when pastor don't follow up, when pastor is not there, then all of a sudden it just diminishes and simmers. And then when it's simply brothers and sisters in Christ asking you for help or doing something, there's a little bit of disdain in there. There's a little bit of looking down over there. But then pastor, it's a little bit different. Why is it that way? Why is it that way? You know, the problem is this. It unconsciously makes you bail things out. It makes you even disdain some things. If you're not careful when the pastor is absent, you got to see it as this way. It's not about the pastor, it's not about the leader, it's not about his authoritative presence. you got to realize who gave that to the pastor to begin with and that is not Gene Kim, that is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has given to me in my life, minister to me, that minister to you. And you got to realize it's the Lord Jesus Christ that ministered to you the past 12 years of this ministry that unconsciously draws you to keep coming to church, that unconsciously draws you to help things out in the church when pastor asks you. It's because of how you saw Jesus Christ ministering in my life. And that's your problem. You don't see that with your brother and sister in Christ. And you do not see Jesus Christ in them where the Lord Jesus Christ is asking you for help, where the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to minister to you something, where the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching you about something through the flawed weakness of that fleshly vessel and you have to overlook that and see what Jesus Christ is trying to tell you. The preaching of the Word of God has no power in your life if it's one of these people preaching to you wow. the word of God the preaching of the word of God has zero power, zero effect it doesn't get you on the altar because it's one of these people Well, what, isn't it Jesus Christ I thought it's Jesus Christ I thought we prayed about Jesus Christ being in the message I thought one of these people who filled it asked for God to fill his tongue to minister to you I thought it was all about Jesus Christ when we see Jesus Christ, it changes our attitude. Yeah. And you won't miss out a blessing. Uh-huh. There you, go. you know how much blessing you missed out from the previous teachings and preachings? Oh, the fault, the fault. It's easy to find faults. Why don't you, then you'll never get a blessing. Why don't you look at what is God trying to speak yes. to me today? Right. What, is try, what is God trying to deal with me today? What is God trying to do with me today? Help me out with something. He's trying to give me a nugget that might save my life somewhere. If we see jesus christ the authority of jesus christ his power it unconsciously draws you here i thought it was the filling of the spirit that just forces your flesh to drag yourself to this church i I thought it's the filling of the spirit i thought it's the power of god that would draw you here i thought that it was god His divine, filling, Holy Spirit movement that would just make you keep faithfully attending this church. Why is it a man with a suit and a tie and who has to be with the title pastor that draws you here? Empty! It's an empty title. Jesus Christ is the one that fills in. You know when Pastor Kim is gone, you know who fills in? Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit. Oh, it's just a fill-in when pastor is gone. Some fill-in, man. Yeah. That's some fill-in, man. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is trying to fill into something and minister to me on something. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really good. My third point is coming in the pastor's absence. Coming in the pastor's absence. Notice in verse 26, right here. Again, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ. For me by my coming to you again. So Paul is saying right here. That the reason why you can rejoice. As you keep serving God. Is because you're all in Jesus Christ. Which we established before. We have to see Jesus Christ in everything. That keeps us motivated. That keeps us happy. That keeps us. Hey let's do do something for God together. But there's another thing right here. It's the coming. The coming is very special. That makes them happy. And then. When we talk about the coming in the Bible, the first thing in our minds is the coming of Christ, is it not? Right. Yes. I mean, uh, man, brethren, I don't know about you. I get sick and tired waking up in the morning, and then some new problem happens. Right. Yeah. When you thought you overcame a problem earlier. Yeah. And then uh, when you thought that you just had it made, and you just conquered that flesh and that sin, and you got it disciplined, you just fell back to the same pattern. I don't know about you. I get sick and tired of that. I get sick and tired of struggling and then always letting my Savior down. I hate it when I come to church and consider that work. I hate it when I go out soul winning in the hot weather of the sun and I call that work. I hate it when I open up that Bible and read it first thing in the morning. I call that, I consider that work. I hate it when I have to force my knees in prayer and talk to God and consider that work. Boy, I hate this godforsaken stinking flesh. I hate it when sin is all over the television. Sin is all over your phones now. Sin is all over the billboards. Sin is even in the air you breathe when you just come to the Bay Area, pretty much. Yeah. Sin is just everywhere. And then you're just struggling day in and day out. All you're doing is, I just want to move on with my life. It's like survival of the fittest. And then you're struggling day in and day out, and you're holding on to the promise of God and then you're clinging on to your faith and you're saying I gotta keep working and you keep crucifying that flesh and you keep serving God faithfully and you never give up your shout and you keep fighting the good fight and then you keep coming to church you keep laboring faithfully and you just go in and out and the world beats you down the flesh beats you down trials beat you down and my friend that day is coming all of a sudden when I am at my wit's hand and I'm so tired and I'm like Lord how long how long till you shout the glad song Christ returneth hallelujah then all of a sudden those clouds burst open wide and then I hear a trumpet sound and ain't no angel sounding that trumpet it is my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with his voice come up hither and he calls me out by name Gene Kim, Lord, is it my time? Am I hearing stuff? No, no. God's like, that's right. Gene Kim, time to go up. Away from this world, my struggle has ended. My trial is over, my pain is done. And God's like, that's right, come with me. And by the coming of Jesus Christ, my rejoicing is ever abundant. That's the first thing in our mind. But my friend, didn't you know that When Jesus Christ comes for us, we have that much rejoicing. Yet Christians themselves, your brother and sister in Christ next to you, according to John 14 verse 21, they're the ones who show Jesus to you? Didn't you know each and every one of them? Jesus Christ said, if you want to see me, look at your brother and sister in Christ. My friend, you're struggling day in and day out, I know, with... As soon as Sunday church is over and then Monday comes in, you have to go through that horrible traffic and then you smell sin outside when you walk out on the streets and then you see sin all around you and then you get stressed out in the home, you get stressed out in the workplace and then when you go back to your friends and family and loved ones, some stressful new thing happens and then you're just staying faithful. You're serving God. You're trying to stay clean. You're trying to not lose your joy of the Lord. You're trying to fight the depression. You're trying to fight your anger. You're trying to fight your impatience. You're trying to quit your complaining and whining and then you just keep fighting the good fight and you just keep laboring endlessly for God. But then my friend, one day, Sunday comes and when Sunday comes, it's as if the clouds burst open and a little light, is shining and then you can hear some music some voice coming out and then it's your brother and sister in Christ and they show Jesus Christ to you and they said come up in there come over here let's have a good show time you know what that is that's joy in the pastor's absence it's by the coming of the, these brothers and sisters in Christ and they get together, and Jesus shows up. Man. My fourth point is cooperation in the pastor's absence. Cooperation in the pastor's absence. Look at verse 27. Verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice that Paul says the reason why they can keep faithfully serving God even when the pastor is absent is because he says here they're one spirit, one mind, striving together. Striving together. You know what will keep the members into church while the pastor is absent? Is cooperating with one mind together. Yep. There's no better church service than when you come to a certain meeting and everybody's mind is like like, like there. The same topic together. The same love together. Amen. The reason why they're there together. And then there's no better church service than that. And then you hear it more beautifully when all people's voices start to sing. And it's uh, their hearts and their feelings all become one together with the people when they sing. And then when you hear the singing, you hear that cooperation, that one spirit coming out such a beautiful way. And then you hear it more so when the preaching of the word of God comes out. And then you just hear a bunch of amens. You see nodding of head. And then when your heart beats, you can sense some other brother and sister's heart that they're beating too. And they're like, this is good preaching. This is good. This is good stuff. Park it right there. preaching order right there. Give me something from God. I mean, you can sense that right now. There's no better church service than that. When that one spirit is in the room. And even when there's no shouting, even when there's no amen, and when that book is open and the silence is in that room, you can sense that all those many hearts becoming one in the silence. And they're like, I'm getting something. I need to hear this. And then the still small voice where it's one mind, one spirit. No better church service than that. And you see the actions of it come out where during fellowship you see that one mind, one spirit. Where everybody's laughing and talking and some people want to know what's going on and laugh along with them and other people if they don't find other people they talk to other people they find and there's a one mindedness and a one spirit and then it's like after the church is over when they go for coffee and donuts or during a break time it's like the fellowship sinks in. And they're like, man, this is a good church service. Man, I can't wait for the next service. And when the blowout hit, man, whoa! Yeah. Glory to God, it's that one spirit of people in many different locations are like, when's the next preacher showing up? I can't wait to hear that next preacher. Oh, man, that singing's coming. Are we all going to march together? Oh, man, that fellowship, man. I, Oh man, we're going to have such a good time. I can't wait to talk to so-and-so there. Got to catch up with so-and-so. You know, I didn't see brother and sister so-and-so for a while. Let me go talk to that brother or sister over there. It's that one-mindedness, that one spirit. It's just love. Love is in the air. And this is not fake. This is not hypocritical. It's Christians who have a genuine love for the brother and sister in Christ and trying to set aside their differences, trying to set aside their fleshly feelings, trying to set aside their bitterness, trying to set aside their complaints, and just coming in and just talk about happy thoughts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Amen, I mean, when you... Man, what, just being in an environment that's clean. Yeah. Finally? Yeah. Yeah. Finally? Just clean. Wow. Sometimes yeah. I don't even feel clean in my own home, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just don't feel clean in my own home, if that makes any you sense to it. you. you just being alone... With my own fleshly feelings and wicked, evil thoughts. And because of that, some of the stuff that I think and I say, I don't dare bring it to the church. And neither do you. But then when I come to church, it's those thoughts that are cast aside. It's those feelings that are cast aside. And when I'm feeling down, some brother and sister just talks to me and picks me up. And then I pick them up. And we pick each other up. And then we're like, let's pick up 20 more people over here. Oh, God! good. Saving souls from hell. What a what a job! Yes. Man, the Justice League and all of the Spider-Man, Marvel, Avengers heroes got nothing on us, man. Yes. 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 We save lives. We save lives, man. And they go Black Lives Matter after that, and No Lives Matter, just Black Lives after that. That's where they end up in. We're in the saving soul business, bless God. What can get better than that, man? And this is higher than the Justice League. This is higher than the Avengers. We are the ultimate superhero business, man, all because of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a, what a glorious thing. What a glorious thing. Man, saving soul business, just nothing like it when you see some brother and sister in Christ holding that sign telling them how to get saved from hell, preaching that word of God, and then just talking to a soul and showing them how to be delivered from the chains of darkness into the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing like it when you see your brother and sister winning a soul to Christ. Nothing like it when you see your brother and sister singing the hymn next to you. Nothing like it when you see that brother and sister in Christ with tears in his or her eyes. Yeah. Nothing like it when you see, when you come down on the altar, you feel a camaraderie of so many people around you on this same altar. Yeah. Getting right on the same sins together. Yeah. Wow! Glory! I'm pumped up, man! Come on. That's good. Just clean environment. All of it is clean too. I mean, where's that one mind? Where's that one mind? Where's that one spirit? We got it, man. And you don't need the pastor for that. You got the one mind. You got the one spirit because you got the same Jesus Christ in you. And we all have the same book in our hands. We believe this to be true. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. My fifth point is concerns in the pastor's absence. Concerns in the pastor's absence. Look at verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. Uh, the Philippians, they're going through adversities And their own adversaries. And they try to ruin that spirit in the church. That one mindedness. That one goal. Together. Nothing like it when you come to church as. I want to serve God. I want to glorify God. And when you come in and the other person comes in. You got a hundred people like that. We just blow off the roof man. Nothing like that. When we all have a goal in mind. When we all have the same goals in our mind. But then comes an adversity, or adversary. They're always the reason. They're always the reason why we slow down. They're always the reason why they break us apart. They're always the reason that makes us neglect things. They're always the reason why the one-mindedness has split and broke apart. What happened to the... Do we have to go through 2020 again? Should God give us persecution again? And we remember those times in a garage yeah. where we would just shout and sing and just the spirit just, we didn't even have to tell each other. We all knew, we all knew when that meeting was going, what was going on in the room, what we were all feeling, what we were all thinking. Yeah. Oh, but adversity always ruins it, right? Too much world. Too much busyness. Too much flesh. Oh God, take those things away and blessed be the name of the Lord. Take them away. And then we can just have nothing but each other. Just have nothing but each other. What happened? Where was that desire? That zeal? Don't you want that joy back? I want that joy back I'm desperate to get that joy back I want that joy back God take away the building take away the numbers of people take away the money so that you can bring back that joy that we have in having a fire for God oh adversities in our reason and a good reason I'm too sick I'm too unhealthy I'm too far I'm too busy I got too many problems you know what you need to do with adversities that way you can maintain that joy that fire I like it how some of our brothers do it like if something bad happens that's street preaching all of a sudden some brother and sister mentions oh you know this ain't new went through something like this years ago, you might recall. This is nothing, man. And then the spirit of the people is like, yeah, yeah, that was not, you know, what was that? Man, praise the Lord. I mean, man, the devil tried to attack us, but we can't preach in the word of God and trying to minister to souls. I like it like that. And then when people come in with their problems, I like it when they come in with their problems, but rather than just dumping and saying how hard life is, it's a matter of, Yeah, but you know what? It's nothing compared to what those martyrs went through. None compared to what my brother and sister went through. I remember when I went on that uh, uh, missions trip, and I saw that brother and sister doing so much more for the Lord. This is nothing, man. This is just little kid stuff. I'm going to drag myself. I mean, I'm being persecuted for Jesus. That ain't nothing, man. And then when you treat adversities like they're nothing, they're minuscule, not major They're minuscule, not major. It's normal, everybody goes through it. Then you just brush them off your shoulders and concentrate on the joy. Concentrate on the goal. Back to the one goal at hand. What was our goal? Not about you, it was about Jesus Christ. Getting our eyes back on the prize, and then we toss aside adversity. Who cares? Family criticizes me. Who cares if work binds me? Who cares my flesh fails? It ain't going to drive away from me, from that one gold, that fire that I got for the Lord. Nothing ain't blowing that out. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Treat them like nothing. Let me give you something better than that. Treat adversities like they're nothing, but that they're even better sent from God. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that, we, we got to do that too, like... Oh, the guy criticized me in street preaching. No, no, I like it where you treat it as nothing, but a step higher. You treat it like it's better from God. Thank God that person criticized me as street preaching. I got a golden heaven. Woo! Glory! But bunch, bunch, bunch of stupid PBI students where I was at. PBI. You know, some guy was giving us a hard time, holding up a sign saying I'm with stupid and street preaching next to us. And then he he punched one of the PBI students in the face. And you know how that PBI student responded? Oh, I ain't coming back to street preaching again. It's so dangerous. And no, you know what that fool did? Woo, I got a mark for Jesus. You guys didn't have it, but I got a mark for Jesus. And the PBI student's like, man, I should have been the one over there. Why were you there at the corner? I should have been the one to be beaten up. I like that better. Bless God. You think you can douse the fire after that? When adversities come, we treat them as if they are God sent, and God's trying to do something better in our lives. Yeah, I like it when we go through trials and somebody says that means something good is about to really, really stink and happen man. I li- No, before summer camp, before blowout, after summer camp, after blowout, adversities always happen, and I like it when we keep saying. That means we're going to get something really good at summer camp. That means God's going to come down and talk to us at the blow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when there are concerns that come up in your life through adversities, yeah. yep. you're nothing to me. You're not yeah. so what? Like I've been through worse before. Haven't yeah. you know that brother or sister been through worse? You know, actually, that is better. I'm glad I went through that. Yeah. It helped me out with this issue. Yeah. Actually, I like that better. It blessed me more with this. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that bad thing happened because it gave me this benefit I never yes. thought of before. Yeah. Really good. Where's, uh, that fire doesn't die, man. That's right. But when adversities kick in and pastor's not here, it's like there's no fire. It's like that becomes our reason not to meet in church. My sixth point is conduct in the pastor's absence. Conduct in the pastor's absence. Look at verses 29 through 30. 29 through 30. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which he saw in me, and now here to be in me. Paul says all of us are called to suffering, and that is our opportunity, our privilege. See, he took it as something better. See that? Something better. He didn't took it as a major thing that ruined his life. He took it as something better. This is a great thing we're going through. Church, do you comprehend where you're at? This is a Bible-believing church in the Bay Area, just a couple minutes away from two hellhole universities. In both places, we meet. Can you? Do you realize? Do you realize? Do you realize what a privilege, what an honor to be involved in a work like that? Thank you, Lord. Wow! What a testimony. Street preaching in a place is like that. Winning souls over there. Oh man! How Winning souls. Who wants to win a Baptist to salvation? Don't get me wrong. Anybody saved is a good thing. But you know a person who grew up in Baptist heritage? What about an LGBTQ plus person? Yeah. 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 Who's crying in tears and I've seen it. Come on. Talking to one of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Reading that track. Saying God. As a repentant sinner, I come to you and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save me from the flames of hell. Come on. Whoa! Privilege. That's good. But without suffering like that, adversities like that, it's like you and anybody. What a testimony. What a story. This is exciting, man. This is exciting, man. Oh, I wish I moved into a more Christian area, a more conservative area, a more easy area. No, man, let the adversities come and this is where all the excitement rumbles, baby. A good movie wouldn't be a good movie if there's no adversity in there and everything's nice, hunky-dory. Who wants to watch a movie like that? They fill up the stupid lines for for seven or eight superheroes dressed up in ridiculous comics that you can pull up from the draperies of your curtain and people watch dumb stuff like that and say, that's cool, I want to watch it again. My friend, baby, you and I are living in that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if seven superheroes had it easy. At the judgment seat of Christ. Do you know how many Christians are guilty like that? Yeah. And people are like, whoa whoa And they're like, Where's that? When's that movie coming along? I heard about that Bible-believing church over there. In the Bay Area. In Silicon Valley. Where they were winning souls and they were on fire for God. And they went through 2020 and all kinds of restrictions. But they kept the faith and kept the fire burning. Where's that martyr who burned himself or herself at the stake during the Inquisition? Where's that story? I want to watch that movie. Where's that missionary who lost two wives and five children suffering in a Burmese prison and yet wrote the whole bible as much as he could by hand in their language where's that movie coming up? I don't want to watch that movie of some I don't want to watch that movie at the judgment seat of Christ of some Christian loser who goes to a mega church and everything's okay because their kids are getting along with the other kids in the church and then they got their retirement plan all saved up and they got a nice comfy little home and they hear some little pastor preaching like this in a queasy little voice. Get that movie out of here man. You're going to get a lot of thumbs down at the judgment seat of Christ. No one wants to watch your movie or show. Yes. Adversities is what makes the climax. What makes the movie good. I told my wife, and I said this before, but I promised my wife, honey, we're gonna, when you marry me, it's gonna be hard, a lot of pain and sacrifices, but I promise you, it will never be boring. I promised her and I kept my word. Why? Because the adversities came. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Adversity will come to you. You don't have to go looking for it, man. If you've been in this church, just stick around. Oh, Just stick around. They will come to you, man. Don't worry. Your time to shine will come in the movie. After like maybe five seasons of this church when they play in the TV you, the character that was ignored, will finally come to the scene and that audience will come out and go, yeah, I was waiting for that character. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what I mean? What a privilege to serve God. It is huge privilege. Amen. Why does there have to be a pastor for that? Yeah. You're already the characters. God is the ultimate author. Yes, yes. He already had the plot set. It's a wonderful life. You know, these Philippians, they were motivated to stay faithful in serving God while their pastor was absent because they saw how he suffered. You saw that last verse? What you saw and heard in me do when I went through suffering. When the Philippians saw how their pastor suffered... His conduct. They said, Wow, you know what? I can go through suffering too. And they didn't lose their fire because they saw their pastor not losing the fire through suffering. But I wonder, I wonder what it would look like if it's the opposite. What if the pastor during suffering was mourning? Thought the Christian life is depressing. Said it's just too hard, I can't keep going on. When church is going through its one of its low moments, the pastor is low rather than excited, rather than on fire. What if the pastor does that? It affects the whole room. And people start to wallow too. If a pastor's fire, if a pastor's zeal during suffering, can motivate people to be zealous too, the opposite is exactly true. When the pastor is discouraged, other people who see that conduct are motivated, motivated to be discouraged too. When that... Let's switch from pastor to you. When you are not coming to church that brother and sister is motivated also to not come to church. Yeah. Wow. When that brother and sister in Christ don't volunteer to help out something in the church, it motivates the brother and sister in Christ to not volunteer either. Yeah. When the brother and sister in Christ wow. is too scared to do something to the, for the Lord to help out the work, the other brother and sister in Christ is motivated to be scared as well. The brother and sister in Christ, when you, when you come in with a depressing spirit, a complaining spirit, a heavy spirit during so- suffering, it motivates that brother and sister preach. to be heavy and sad and depressed too. Yeah. Come on, preach. When you're the one that raises the hand and talks your testimony about how hard your life is, it motivates that brother and sister to talk talk about how hard their life is too. When you talk about something bad or point out a fault in the church, it motivates that brother and sister in Christ to see the fault and point out another problem too. Don't you want to be the one during suffering that says, man, my joy is still alive. I love Jesus Christ. Church is awesome. I can't wait back. I can't wait to go back and serve God again. That book is fun. That book is endless. All all I want to talk about is Jesus Christ. Man, we got a wonderful church. Man, we got wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, I got the greatest place in the world. The greatest family in the world. And then during suffering, you see some brother and sister doing that. Don't you want to be that one who does it? And then the other person is motivated too. To talk good things about the church. To thank the Lord. To be on fire just like you. Don't you want to see that brother and sister in Christ... Who lived life as a complete failure? Keep coming down on the altar and spending a little longer time with Jesus, and you get motivated. Let me stay a little longer too. If he's fighting, I can fight too. Yeah. Don't you want to be that person who comes down on the altar and motivates that brother and sister in Christ that wow. I thought that brother and sister was spiritual, but look like they need help from God too. Let me come down too. Wow, that brother and sister is going through a hard time, I remember, but they keep coming to church. Let me come too. Don't you want to be that one? Mm -hmm. You want to be that one? You can start right here. You can start right here. Show them. You mean business with God. Show them you're not going to quit and give up in getting right with God. You're not going to quit on keep serving God. That you get right and you go back to your seat and you're going to keep serving God. Show them now. Every head bow and every eye shut.